following message is from Narrative Church, a Lutheran church located in Williamson County, Texas. For more information, go to www.narrative.church. So we have been going over the past couple weeks uh, this idea of life together. What do we as the body of Christ do in life together? Specifically, what do we as narrative, as the people of God here in this place do with our life together. So would you please join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we give you thanks this morning. We ask that you would watch over us as we go about our time together. Lord, as we look forward to um, what is next this week, we pray that you would um, take and calm our anxieties, calm our fears of whatever's going on, and Lord, enhance our joy of those things that are happening as we seek to follow you throughout the week. In your Son, Jesus' name, amen. So as we've been going through this series, each sermon has kind of had a big point to it. The first sermon we talked about, if we are people of the resurrection, if we trust what God has taught us, then what do we do? What do we do together? That if we say the resurrection is coming and we believe that, then how do we act as a group of people following Jesus together. The next week we talked about identity, and we said the gift that God gives to us is we don't have to go searching. In a world that's trying to say, oh, you have to deep find your identity, we look and say, no, God gave us our identity. And we said there's an easy way to remember, a memory device where we say, I am a friend of God. He has chosen me through his baptism to love him and love others. A simple, the idea of crossing ourselves to say, I'm a friend of God, he has chosen me through my baptism, and I love him, and I love others. So that is our core identity that we don't have to go searching for, but that God has gifted to us. We said part of what we do together is tell our stories. The book of Revelation says one of the greatest ways we can fight the enemy is by the word of our testimony, the story of what God's doing in our lives. So far, I've gotten one video testimony, so I'm going to start leaning in on the homework I've assigned. So just know, gold stars in heaven, because that's what we're about here. Not really, but if you encounter a point in your week where you say, wow, this is what God's doing, just quick selfie video, we're shooting for anywhere from two to three minutes, um, really a minute, 15 to like three minutes. It doesn't have to be long, just saying, wow, this is what God's doing. And the purpose is, it doesn't matter what you look like, what's going on. It is the idea of saying, this is how God is working in my life. And when we share that with each other, it encourages fellow believers for the life of Christ. And it is the way we share with those who don't know him yet about what he's doing. Then finally, last week we talked about this life together as one of service. Not just when we get together and serve, but that we would be known as a people who serve others. And the challenge I gave you and me last week was to say, just start a habit of serving someone you wouldn't normally serve once a week. Mine this week was I was back home for this church planting thing that was happening. I stayed at my parents' house, and my parents had hosted some folks for dinner, and I just happened to, you know, relish in the riches of, like, 
my mom had ordered from the fancy Italian place in town for dinner, and I was like, well, hey, I'm back in town at the right time. But a person I don't usually get to serve anymore is my mom. And it was like as simple as the, the person they were having dinner with was the speaker the next day at this thing that was happening. And so I'm bringing dishes in. My mom goes, you don't have to do that. You should go listen. I was like, no, I get to be here with you. I don't often get to do that. And don't hear that as, wow, Ted is so great. That was me going, oh, dishes. Okay, like, you know, that was the challenge. I felt it. I said, okay, I don't usually serve my mom. Usually my norm would be I will sit here. But no, I want to stand up. I want to be engaged. So it might be a family member. It might be someone you don't know. But the challenge is serve someone for the sake of the Lord that you usually wouldn't. This week, I want to talk about the middle. We hear a lot of great stories, and we love the stories in Scripture of the mountaintops. And they are good. Hear that. They are incredible, and they are awesome, and they are a benefit to us. But there's a lot of middle. There's a lot of time spent in between where you're not seeing how great God is. You're just kind of stuck in the middle. If you have a Bible with you this morning, whether it's an app or your physical Bible, 1 Peter 6 through 9, 1, 6 through 9 is where we're going to be the whole time today. 1 Peter 1, 6 through 9. And what I want to do is slowly walk us through this to see what Peter shares in these verses is an incredible benefit to us as we say we live life together, but life is not always perfect. So Peter writes in 1 Peter 1, 6 through 7. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by outside trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So two things I want to highlight here. First, the call to rejoice. One thing I got to talk with my mom about, and one thing she has worked through in her faith, is she wants to do things with joy. That she says, if I can make my first reaction joy, if I can live out of joy, it changes my life. And she came across this. Actually, our leadership team is reading a book right now called The Other Side of Church, which is all about like, how do we develop disciples, but it's a lot about like brain chemistry and things like that. And they lean towards joy. How do we build things out of joy? And I love here, so Peter writes and he says, rejoice. We're going to say this word a lot next week in Greek, which is allelu, alleluia, rejoice. Because it's Palm Sunday, that's why, just if you don't know, there's rejoice, alleluia. Okay, that's coming, prepare yourselves. Trailer for next week. But so rejoice. So first Peter says, listen, come at this from a place of joy, because you have been grieved by various trials. The temptation as we walk through life, as we are followers of Jesus, as he has bought us at a price and we seek to follow him, is we think, Lord, you're going to make life easier. But we live in a fallen world. Don't get me wrong, there will be days that you will end the day and be like, this day was perfect. I 
cut the lawn. It was done early. I got up, I put my shoes on, I walked out the door and started cutting the lawn without stopping anywhere between those steps to go, well, what if I just sit down and check the news? What if I watch one show and now all of a sudden it's three o'clock in the afternoon, right? Like, no, you went, you did it, whatever the job was, you go out, you get it done. And you come back and you've got time to hang out with friends or family. You know, if it's the summer, maybe there's a pool or a river involved. And you get to the end of the day, you shower, your head hits the pillow, you go, wow, what a good day. There will be those days. But there will be a lot of days in between where we feel grieved by various trials. Jesus even looks and says, one of his great promises is in the book of John. He says, in this world you will have trouble. As we follow Jesus, it's not about a perfect life or even an easy life. It's about saying with him, it's better because Jesus finishes, but I have overcome the world. We rejoice because of what Jesus has done. And as Peter writes here, he knows that in the middle, there is trial and struggle. As we continue on, he writes, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire. The genuineness of your faith. The temptation as we read that passage would be to say, okay, I prove to God that my faith is genuine. But here's how I want you to read this. That when you go into trials and temptations, the genuineness of your faith is not about you proving it to God, but about God proving it to you. That he says, listen, my promises are good. That if you trust in me, I will take care of you. If you trust in me, I will walk beside you. So the genuineness of our faith is not about us proving to God, look at how genuine I am. It is about him, the creator of the universe, saying, I have come to take care of you. Now here's the struggle that the gold that it talks about that perishes, that this faith is even greater than that, and it is tested by fire. Listen, I don't know the last time you stuck your hand on something hot. Fire, when you go into it, not so fun. Great to look at, terrible to be in the midst of. But here he says, listen, your faith is genuine because of what I have done for you. That when the fire comes, it will be tested and purified. That the impurities that you bring to it, I will burn away. Now here's what I want to step into. Is some of us are in a middle that's a week long, right? Some of us are in a middle where it's like, this week stinks. Some of us are in a middle that's been months long. Some of us are in the middle that's been years long. Some of us are dealing with things that feel like the middle that are a lifetime. And what I don't want to do is just be like, yeah, just trust your faith. It's going to get better. I don't know when it gets better. I don't know when that happens. What I know is that God says he is good in the midst of it. That in the middle of everything going on, when you can't see him, you can still trust him. I keep learning over and over again in my life, when I am stuck in the middle, that is when I want to see God. That's when I want to sit down and go, Lord, just prove yourself to me. And it's so often where he goes, trust me. I said I was going to be here. 
because it ends up down the road that when I can look back, I can say, there is where the Lord walked in my life. God's people have constantly dealt with the middle. Because sometimes the middle is something that happens to us, and sometimes it's something that we do to ourselves. Right? So the people of Israel, sometimes evil happened to them. They're enslaved in Egypt, right? That happened to them. But sometimes they do something foolish, and they have to wander in the desert for 40 years. That was on them. Now, what I'm telling you is whether it is your creation or the world forced upon you, whatever is happening in your life, in the middle of it all, the faith gifted to you is a lifeline to the Lord and what he does. That there will be a mountain where you can stand up and look and say, Lord, I see what you were doing. And I wish as your pastor I was prophetic to tell you what day that would be when you would come through the suffering on the other side and be able to look back and say, I see what God did. But maybe you won't see until the kingdom comes again. But the promise I can give you is what happens here in verse 9, verses 8 and 9. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Have you, you, though you have not seen him, you love him. Scripture credits to faith over and over again the saints who have never seen or touched Jesus and says you have not seen him, but still you love him and that is counted to you as faith. That this faith gifted to you gives you a trust that you can latch onto when you don't think you have any more. And I love this. Rejoice with joy. Peter's like, let me get a little poetic here on the keys, right? Rejoice with joy. He's saying, just be overwhelmed with the joy that is a gift of God. That even in the midst of trial and sorrow and tribulation, you can be filled with joy because you know this. You will be filled with praise. Or no, you rejoice with joy and be filled with glory because you know that this faith, the outcome of it, is the salvation of your souls. That at the end of the day, the mountaintop actually is walking with us wherever we go. That salvation we have that we need not fear anything else. And I know that times will be hard. And I know that the middle, as a valley, the walls will seem unclimbable. But rejoice with joy. Jesus is for you. One of my prayers that I've started praying for our church is that we would be a church of joy. Now, that doesn't mean we have to show up and like everyone throw on their fake smiles on Sunday because we're here at church and we have to be happy, right? Like that's what it has to be. Listen, some days you're going to roll into church and you might literally roll into church. You know how I know that? That was me about three weeks ago. I woke up, I was like, Lord, this time changed things is straight from the devil. 
let's not do this ever again, right? Because we had had, like, it was like Chelsea's surgery went into a little extended weekend that we didn't think we were going to have, went into time change. And I was like, Lord, if you just gave me, like, a coma for, like, three hours, Matt can handle it. I trust him. (laughs) Matt and I had a discussion. We were both in the same boat. But let me tell you, we roll in together because the joy we have, we bring together, that we bear each other's burdens, that we walk together in faith. The joy we have is not one that always has to be smiling, but is one that knows the outcome of my faith is my salvation. And that transforms us bit by bit over time. That then when we walk through the middles of life, looking forward to the mountaintops. We know that God is good for His promises and walks alongside of us. So this is the question I think we ask out of this week. Where do you need more faith in the middle? Where do you need to step back and pray and go, Lord, this place in my life, give me more faith and trust in You because I don't know what's going on. I can't see your goodness in the midst of this. So give me more faith. Let's pray. Lord, we live in a world where you promise us that there will be trouble. And Lord, we experience it in small ways and in large ones. And we can get stuck in the middle where we turn around and furiously look for you and can't see you in those moments enrich our faith to trust in you when we can't see you Lord open our hearts and fill us with your joy that comes from faith knowing the outcome of that faith is our salvation that faith is not something we attain but is instead a gift of God. So Lord, may we return again and again and again to that deep well. Show us in our lives, in the middle, where we need more faith. In your son Jesus' name, amen.